Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circus Podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Hello. What's that look for, Crow? As the first episode of the new year, and I um, added some unprofessional noises to the uh, intro because I was m- fucking with my mic. At least it wasn't like that time when you burped in the middle of the intro. Did I? That was me, but I'm going to oh, say it was okay. you. I, I would have believed. I would have believed it. You know, <laughs> I, I did get drunk once. <laughs> really much, drunk. Don't recall much of that one. It get it got worse as it went on. Yeah. So. One of these days, I'll have to do it. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's not going to last very long. <laughs> like 20 minutes in, I'll be I love you, man. Let's fight. <laughs> yeah. uh, how many New Year's resolutions do you have left? Uh, I broke my first one, I think, like the first day. So my was, only one. It Was it Was it the no? It was uh, consistently workout. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. what does consistently mean? Yeah, so maybe I didn't break it. <laughs> you know? You oh. go at one time every year, you're consistent. That That's true. Yeah. I don't make them anymore. Yeah. My son made one to uh, my oldest to keep a routine every day. So he gives himself one cheat day. So even on Saturdays, he gets up early like when he would go to school. His other one is, and he was doing this beforehand. He just resolved to keep this one. He takes cold showers in the morning. Yeah, I heard about that. I mean, not that he takes them, but... That's supposed to be really good for you. Uh, yeah, they, there's no scientific evidence for that, but a lot of people say it just focuses them oh, there's more. There's like whole YouTube channels about it. Yeah, there was a, I read one. This guy does all that stuff for 30 days at a time. He said all he had after 30 days of doing that was cold and a hatred of showers. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so lots to talk about. Yeah. Uh, should we start with the Speaker of the House stuff? Yeah, we might as well get on. I, I know you and I talked about this a bunch. I am not torn on this. I don't care that they were taking forever to name a speaker. I don't think it was – I certainly don't think it was the same as January 6th, um, <laughs> which a lot of the mainstream media was saying. And um, well, It's a threat to our democracy. Yeah. It's pretty much what everything everything the Republicans do, the Democrats will call that at this point. Yeah, and we'll come back to that on another topic, but um, – yeah, the threat to democracy thing was stupid just because, you know, everybody rubber stamps, you know, everybody through. And and uh, I, for one, don't have a problem with, for the most part, healthy debate about, you know, what you want. The, the minority had some leverage there and they used it. Um, and of the 20, I'm going to say 20 people who were holding out. I know there were 20, but there were 21. But there was one who kept calling present all the time, Indiana representative. Um, I think your mic's loose. I think that's why it makes that noise. Um, anyway, so uh, I didn't hear any anything she had. I have problems with someone like Matt Gates, who when I watched the final night where they got this done, um, it got kind of ugly. Now, there was no physical altercation where someone had to be restrained. There but there was, was a hold me back, bro. He didn't really do that. He walked up there and he sort of was like pointing his finger at him. He didn't get within six, seven feet of him. And another guy just came along behind him. It's like, all right, enough. 
Yeah, and I think mistakenly kind of reached up and got him across the face, like oh. holding his face yeah, for I a second. Yeah, I didn't actually see it. I just heard commentary about yeah, it. Yeah, if you watched it, he was not making any move towards him at all. But what, what Gates did was it sounded like they had an agreement because, again, there were 21 of these centers – or not centers, representatives holding out. All of a sudden, in in one day, 15 of them flipped. And I think part of the reason they flipped was there was uh, one of the other reps who got up and said, hey, just for the record, I want to enter in the concessions we've already agreed to make. And he named every person who got a concession. Smart. Yeah. And he was like, gave you this one, gave you this. And the list was long. He read for like three minutes. I mean, they actually did get a lot out of this. Yeah. So um, it appeared that most of them went, okay, we're good. Mm -hmm. Now, there were some of them. Uh, Lauren Boebert, for example, she would never vote. She just goes, I'm never going to vote for him. Yeah. Okay, fine. You're never going to vote for him. But then don't ask for concessions too, because she got some stuff. Yeah, it's true. So uh, anyway, Gates apparently, from what I witnessed, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, voted present. And everybody just turned and looked at him like, what the fuck? You know, he went from, oh, I'm saying Donald Trump or anybody but McCarthy to present. And so everybody walked over there and like, what the fuck are you doing? Because at that point, they either have to go to another vote, which why isn't it going to turn out the same? Or they have to adjourn. And no one wanted to adjourn. They wanted to just get it done. And there were two representatives. One, I might get these two mixed up. Uh, one from Colorado, who I think just had a, his wife just had a baby. And she was in the ICU. So he flew home to be with her, flew back for this vote because they needed a certain amount of people because otherwise Democrats, who all, of course, were voting 212, lockstep with Hakeem Jeffries, who's a miserable piece of shit, by the way. Um, he, uh, oh, they're grooming him to be a, a, a great orator. Oh, you can't, by, say, you can't say grooming. Yeah, by, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't. You can't. By, uh, That's hateful. They're Uncle Tomming him yes. to be a great Obama-ish orator. I know. And he's terrible. No. Yeah. So he, he's trying to he's trying to uh, copy Obama's affectation mm -hmm. and gestures, and it's not working for him. Right. Anyway, so they were saying, look, if we don't have enough people, you're going to get to a majority, and the majority could be the Democrats speaking. So these two representatives, another one's wife was in um, – critical condition from a car accident or a sickness or something. So they had two of them who had issues at home. So they turned around and came back and Gates pulls this present bullshit. If I was one of those two guys, I think I would have murdered him. So they don't want to adjourn. They want to get it done. They flew back specifically for this. So, they so do explain what present means. Why, why, present why means it makes you so mad or made them so mad. Did he hold it up by doing that? Yes. Or, okay. By one vote. Yep. So he, they had every indication from him that he was going to vote for it because they got the concessions they wanted. I don't know that. Okay. But some of them said that. And but we don't know. By sure. watching live what was going on, again, at midnight, unlike Friday. Yeah. That sure looked to me that, that – because as soon as he said present, people were like, what the fuck? Turned around and looked at him. So present just means uh, I'm not going to say, you know. So in my mind, and I haven't seen anything to dissuade me from this opinion, Matt Gates is a petulant little bitch. Uh, I have yet to see that. Well, he, based on the stuff I saw, 
I didn't like, I don't like the way he was acting leading up to it. I don't like the way he was leading up. He was like, I'm going to vote for a Democrat or I may just resign. I mean, he was just doing this bratty little bullshit all the time. I didn't like the way Lauren Boebert was handling it. But the main thing she came out was, I'm not voting for McCarthy. So at least she stuck to it. Gates was all over the place. He was a camera whore for this whole yeah, thing. I think with Boebert, it just seems to me like she just has a, like a, like a personal beef. It almost feels like with McCarthy, like she was treated somehow like shitty by him. She's like, fuck you. She, I'm, she's like, I'm not, I'm done with you. I think that's the, that's the feeling I get when you hear her speak. Yeah. I agree that yeah. with that too. Anyway. So, um, I can't stand Gates. I just, I can't take it. Yeah, I don't know enough. I, what I've seen of him and probably some of our listeners, you, you see the clips that are like, yeah, right on, you know? So I, yeah. I but I don't know enough. To say whether or not I like really like the guy or not. I don't know if he's full of shit. I don't know if he's a media whore. I don't have I don't know. He strikes me as a media whore version of Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri. All right. Hawley asked some good questions in uh in you know the hearings and stuff like that, which I thought Gates did too, but Gates has got a level of performance to it that kind of bugs me. And I do know he was accused of some sexual impropriety that yeah, was dropped, or the, turns was, out to not be true. Yeah, and and so he he got put through the ringer for that. So there might be an element of just like fuck this, I'm gonna blow shit up because they tried to fuck me kind of attitude. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so um, they get McCarthy in. And uh, again, I don't mind that they took forever because I think maybe I put on the website today, Brendan Serkis is on Facebook, go check it out, that uh, I don't mind if they take forever to do this stuff because we got to stop passing 1,400-page bills that give you a day to read them and nobody knows what the hell's in it and it's spending a trillion dollars that we don't have, you know, so that we can just say we did stuff. And I think there are some of those members who didn't want to vote for McCarthy because they thought he rubber-stamped that too quickly when it should have just been a continuing resolution and not funding a government for the next year um, so that you could, you know, better negotiate when you yeah. took the House. I Those are legitimate reasons. Yeah. So anyway, Dan Crenshaw, your buddy, um, got accused by some of the harder right people for being a rhino – because he came out and said, um, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, but I'm pretty close. He said, look, there's no controversy here. He goes, this is a democracy. He said, people send us here to do the work. And he says, I, there are different agendas in the conservative mission. And he says, some people want their taxes cut. Some people want the fentanyl stopping. You know, Some people want to make sure we handle immigration. He named off a bunch of five or six things. He goes, but that's the conservative agenda. And for the most part, the voter wants us to continue on that mission. And we reached a point where we need a speaker to continue on that mission. We can't swear people in. We can't do committees. We can't do anything. He said, so we need to name somebody. And he goes, it was pretty obvious that there were some issues with McCarthy and they were working through those, but it wasn't going to be someone else. He goes, Jim Jordan didn't want the job. You know, he said, I don't know if Steve Scalise could have gotten the votes either. But at some point, you have to say, we have to come to a compromise and move forward. And he said, the American people don't really care or know about who the speaker is all the time. They just want us to move forward with the stuff that they want. And he immediately, I think it was like Laura Ingram went after him going, oh, so the American people are stupid now. Which was not what he said it's at all. It's not, but he, he does, ha there is a little bit of, you know, 
we know what's up and most people don't and they just need to let us do our job. And and that can be a little condescending sounding to people, especially since beforehand he was calling the holdouts terrorists. So that Yeah, I didn't hear that, that part. Yeah, I heard him specifically say that. So it was irritating. You're irritated to begin with with him for that kind of language because he's done it before. And then you hear him say this and it sounds it sounds a bit condescending to me. Um it might not, and the intention might not be there. I, I get it. He's not. He's not coming to say these these plebes or the, you know the, we're, we're we're lording over them attitude. I don't think he has that. But he does. I, he feels to me like he does have. Like, hey, we're here for a reason. We know what we're doing. Public might have an opinion. They voted us. They voted us in to be informed and to to, to make these decisions and not to micromanage us. And I, that's his attitude. I think a lot of times he's condescending to the people asking him these questions when he feels like they're asking him stupid questions. Or with, with ill intent. Yeah. Right. I get it. But, and I think, but he's got to work on that, his, uh, his presentation, because yeah. part of it is that he comes across as kind of – and it's not so much an arrogance. It's almost like maybe a little – I mean, obviously, they all, a lot of them have arrogance, but like a dismissiveness that, to his answers that really – kind of get chaps people's side yeah and i also think frustration after a while would do that to you yeah i mean i've been in that position before but not uh not an electric representative of the house just <laughs> a point where it's like come on we got to move on with this yeah so anyway so mccarthy's in and um i hope they go forward with you know fixing some of the stuff i mean term limits was one of the things one of the holdouts wanted them to at least bring up it's not going to go anywhere but i want to start discussing it well, supposedly they there's some new rules package that they, they ended up negotiating with them that um, it puts more barriers to congressional spending uh, and creates more deliberate processes for passing legislation, among, amongst other things. I don't know what that means specifically, but that sounds good. Well, and I don't think any of that's really going to pass because the Senate's not going to go along okay. with it. But I've also heard that the map for the Senate in the next election – Looks really good for Republicans. Yeah. So it would be nice if we can keep the House and we get the Senate. Maybe we can get some of this shit done. But the truth, the if that happens, the proof that will be in the pudding is when you have the House and you have the Senate. Because both parties have done this before. They've had House, Senate, and Executive Branch. They don't do any of the yeah. shit they talked about doing. And part of me with the border thing, for example, feels like, Republicans want it one way so they can bitch about it and Democrats want it one way so they can bitch about it, you know, because that's what you run on. And it's frustrating as hell. Yeah. So. Says that uh, day one of the MAGA Congress did not disappoint. This is from Wake Up Right. Uh, Elon Omar was fired from her committee. Adam Schiff was fired from his committee. And Eric Swalwell was fired from his committee. Uh, voting to rescind the funding for 87,000 new IRS agents. But. Is that going to happen? Can they, they have the power for that? Because they're they're all yeah. It's one of the things race. McConnell agreed right. to. So that's good. And yeah, there's no way Elon Omar should be on any um, you know um, sensitive foreign policy committees. Uh, Eric Swalwell, who was compromised by sleeping with a Chinese spy, mm-hmm. how was he on any intelligence committees or foreign committees? Do you think she was sleeping with him like normal, or she was pegging him? Because yeah, probably. But uh, and then Adam Schiff is a lying liar who lies. Oh my God, he's terrible. 
you know. So, and I think even McCarthy said that, Don not Sh- in those words, but he said, "Yeah, we're, we we want Schiff off the committee because he just completely lies to the has, has caught lying to the public all the time." Tom Shalou does such a great Adam Schiff. Yeah, he looks a little bit like him. So. He puts on all the but rouge, rouge. <laughs> little that red dumb, lipstick, that dumb look on his yeah, face. Yeah, that. Oh my gosh, what 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 did I step in? Yeah. Kind of look. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were talking about what um, about the border. Mm-hmm. And you know Biden finally visited the border. And, Did he really? Yeah, he was there for three hours. Was he really? And I guess it never even came up when, when Abbott met him. He could even, Abbott says that he, who's the governor of, of Texas, said it never came up the the border issues. Well, and he handed Biden hand delivered him a yeah, letter. This is from Alpha News. He hand delivered a scathing letter to Biden during the border visit. Uh, "Quote: All of this is happening." Because the president has violated his constitutional obligation to defend the states against invasion through faithful execution of federal law, which is true. So, uh, yeah, he's what did he say? Uh, Thousands of Texans have lost their lives, he told reporters, saying he told the president that the chaos at the border was a result of the president's refusal to enforce immigration law already passed by Congress said the president's visit was two years and 20 billion too late. Speaking of. How many billion are we uh, going to send to Ukraine again? More? I don't know. I have no idea. You know, uh, that bill, we could we could have a hell of a border wall now. Even better than what Trump suggested well, with that kind of fucking money. Here's what I do know. We're going to send more money to help uh, some countries in, I believe, Africa and Europe to protect their borders than we are in our own yeah. in this thing. Fucking it's crazy. so There is money given to the Border Patrol. But it is not allowed to be used on hiring more or uh, spent on a wall. And everybody concedes that they're spread super thin already and they're stressed up to their eyeballs, these border agents. And But they don't want to – they want to freeze on, on hiring. And, and I heard some from a source I trust very much. I said, well, I heard that, you know, like Texas is talking about putting out the National Guard because they can't. The governor controls those. And that person told me, no, no, no. There's a there's some loophole in that law that once the guard is deployed, they can come under executive. Okay. And I'm like, oh, That's, you don't want that. Yeah, no. Well, okay. Here's part of the letter. Uh, in the letter, Abbott told the president, here's a quote, even the city you visit has been sanitized of the migrant camps which have overrun downtown El Paso because your administration wants to shield you from the chaos that Texans experience on a daily basis which is a direct result of your failure. Uh, that's that's pretty... Yeah. Well, so again, I will preface this by saying I'm not going to... I'm rarely going to say, well, I saw this on TV, so it's true. Because I don't trust anybody to give me real information anymore. But they had some people down in... It's El Paso, right? Where he was? Yeah. They had some people who are from El Paso sending pictures to the news saying, here's what it looked like before he came. Here's what it looked like wow. right before he came. And it was, they chased all the yeah. all the people off. And it wasn't like some bums hanging out on the street. It was like... A whole community, basically. Yeah. It looked like a homeless yeah. encampment without yeah. the tents. He said, uh, here's more. Your open border policies have emboldened the court cartels who grow wealthy by trafficking deadly fentanyl and even human beings. Texans are paying an especially prized a high price for your failure sometimes with their very lives as local leaders from your own party will tell you if you uh, given the chance, all of this is happening because you violate a constitutional obligation to defend the States against the evasion through a faithful execution of federal law. Yeah. I mean, but what's that going to do? Did you see what the governor of Colorado did? No. 
He flew some uh, migrants to uh, New York. He's a Democrat. You kidding? He did? He did. He's what? just like, we can't keep taking them. We just can't. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So our, he didn't fly him to big talking heads going to talk about how this is uh, treasonous uh, behavior and all that kind of I shit. I don't know. Wow. Or, or how it's, uh, what is it? Uh, he's engaging in trafficking. I know. You know, isn't that what they said about uh, DeSantis and Abbott? Yeah. They're engaging in trafficking. They, they say they're stopping. They're engaging in it. What do you want to bet that uh, when Biden was walking down the uh, Air Force One ramp and um, Abbott was wheeling up to him, he was like, who's the gimp in the chair? <laughs> Oh, that's a governor. What state? <laughs> Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's such a fucking disaster. Yeah, he just is. I asked a doctor I know, um, not because they're treating him. I'm just like, look, as a medical professional, do you believe he has something? I don't. <laughs> they said he's got dementia. Hmm. It's clear. Yeah, some form. Yeah. I I don't know, but he obviously has something. He just and people are even pointing out. Look how he walks. He walks like he's. Mr. You know, Burns. Yeah, like he's got no balance and stuff. And I'm like, eh. He does that thing where he keeps his hands out in front of him because he's afraid he's going to fall and he's got to be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you hear Biden forced to admit that the Keystone XL shutdown cost American jobs? No. Yeah. Did he? Well. White, White House quietly admitted. Yeah, probably at 430 on a that, Friday afternoon. That his executive order to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline cost the United States thousands of jobs and billions of dollars. So, uh this is a long article here, but Senator, Senator Josh Hawley summed it up well by saying, now we learn the truth. Canceling Keystone cost almost 60,000 working class jobs in this country, not to mention our energy independence, all for the fanatical climate religion of the left. Succinct. Um, well, I want to get into the fanatical climate religion in a second here, but um, did you also hear about the documents he had? <laughs> yeah. So he's got While a- he was vice president, he had yeah. classified documents, unsecured. Yeah, but look, he gave them back, and nobody said they were missing. Oh, okay. Nobody said they were missing, and then he gave them back right away. Okay. So, Who found them? I don't know. Yeah. And they're launching an investigation because they have to. Yeah, Merrick Garland's going, yeah, somebody goes, this is the room they're in? Or are they here now? Yeah. Well, I, I can't do anything. Investigated. But I the fact is, they went hard after Trump on this, and they were basing their whole trying to keep him from being able to run for president on that. You know, saying we're we're legally. I mean, he's looking bad for him. Well, they can't they can't use that on Trump now, can they? Yeah, of course they will. I, I guess there's yeah. If they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have standards. My oldest son is very into politics, even more so than I'm I'm comfortable with. I'm like, dude, you got to dial it back. But he keeps talking about, well, how come they can? I said the other day, I told him, I said, you have to stop. They don't care about hypocrisy. Yeah. That not that they don't not that they go oh no it's not hypocrisy that's different they just go so yeah I mean Harry Reid when they were like hey you you lied about Mitt Romney he's like so yeah but you the, know? the talking heads and and the the people who carry water for these fuckers uh, in the media will make excuses I mean they're not going to just blatantly say yeah it's a double standard so they'll be like well it's different because yeah but I mean if you keep calling them on it they just yeah. finally look at you and go. <laughs> Anyway. Well, now Peter Ducey, when he says, uh, talks about the border, Pierre can be like, he was there? I know. He was there. So. No, he would be like this. He, <laughs> looking down. He was there. Looking down to read the yeah, He was sure. at the border. Yeah. So, um, one thing that was, uh, it, that's interesting about this whole document thing, 
those documents, they knew this story before the midterms. Yeah. Yep. And they, they, the FBI knew. Yeah. And they kept a lid on it until after elections. Yep. Yep. But if they would have came out with it anyway, it would have been more of the Hillary Clinton shit where, where uh, who, what was the uh, Comey said yeah. she engaged in – she didn't engage in criminal negligence. She she engaged in – no, she didn't engage in gross negligence. She engaged in um, – No, he said it was gross negligence. No, excessive carelessness. Yeah, something like that. And Which is not a legal term. So yeah. he called it excessive carelessness or something along those lines because gross negligence would mean that she did something illegal. Yeah, Peter Strzok. But it's the exact same fucking yeah. thing. Peter Strzok wrote that. You know. <laughs> Just in that that right there is the epitome of of what the kind of bullshit they pull that just is infuriating. Well, but this is why I'm sorry, we just can't trust can't trust them to be honest with us anymore. No. You gotta do your own research. So speaking of your own research, I'm going to make the strongest recommendation I've ever made when it comes to this stuff. Okay? On Spotify has a Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. I think it's episode 1921. It's right around there. Peter Zian spends two and a half hours with Joe. And it's fan-fucking-tastic. So if you don't have Spotify, honestly, it is worth it to sign up for a month just to listen to this one. Because he systematically goes through... First of all, Joe Rogan gets doesn't get enough credit for what an excellent interviewer he is. He comes at everything oh, yeah. like, I'm not smart. Explain it to me. Even though he is obviously very intelligent. And he's like, he comes at it like, even if I knew stuff, I don't know near as much. So explain it to me. And he's such a, he, he's been doing it for so long that, that he, that he asked questions that if I were to interview somebody like that and I had, oh, I've got so many things I need to ask. And they start answering and you want to want them to answer so you can absorb it. But you would let them speak, speak and say things that going back, you go, oh, I wish I would have followed up on that. And he, he's done this so he's comfortable with it that he interjects and he goes, wait, wait, you got to explain that that part right there. Well, he he was on one, uh, I think it was earlier with uh, Portnoy, David Portnoy. And Portnoy was like, you know, how was it when you got Spotify and blah, blah, blah. He goes, dude, the first thing they did was go, who are you having on the first couple episodes? And he, Joe Rogan is explaining to Portnoy, he goes, I said, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. He goes, this podcast has always been me getting a hold of people I want to talk to, just me. And he goes, people I think are interesting. And he goes, and Portnoy's like, you call them yourself? He goes, yeah, I schedule it all on my iPhone. I'm not going to do a committee to find out who we're going to have on the show. He goes, I call them. He goes, so I saw that he mentioned one guy. I saw, I got a hold of his number and he goes, I called him. I was like, hey, would you like to do my podcast? And the guy was like, this is, this is you? You're, and he's like, yeah, we'll put it on my phone and we'll do it. So anyway, I think that's another thing that leads to him being such a good interviewer is he's genuinely interested and he's not trying to do the, okay, well, I got to make sure I get this in and get this in and Anyway, so he um, – and he doesn't have that sort of semi-focus on himself like Tim Pool has a lot of, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, although Tim Pool does a good show too. Um, I'm not trashing Tim. Anyway, so uh, just don't try and break into his house. I'll shoot you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Peter Zian goes through several topics like how China is going to fall apart. Yeah, that's the part I saw. It was like a 15-minute clip. It's longer than that. But he explains – he explains it so well. He's like, China is um, – and you can find lots of clips of this stuff and you can find clips of the show. And honestly, it's worth it to see this whole thing in its entirety. Um, 
But he basically says, you know, he goes through China's demographics, why they can't exist, how that well, they're not going to last for very long. And he's like, look, we all knew this. And he gives his background. So he explains, you know, what he he's an economic development guy. And basically he was the company he worked for. He was the the global generalist they had. So they would have people who would be like, here's what's going to happen when the oil price drops or goes up. And here's what happens when he was the one who had to tie it all together. And the way he puts it, it was like, if somebody pulls a string over here, what happens over here? And he's just really good about it. He has a nice, easy, I mean, he's a touch arrogant about it, but he's just really smart and really engaging. And he was talking about how China's demographics can't <coughs> hold up, how they ha- they're going to have more people than, you know, older than they had before and goes through all of Mao's policy and how it the one child policy did this. But he said, basically, China is a um, almost sole importer. The things they export are just cheap, cheap products. And he says, like, they make most of the computer chips because but they make the ones that run like your coffee maker. They don't make the ones that run your car. And so Rogan says, well, what if they take over Taiwan? He goes, they can because but they don't know how to run it when they get it. They don't know how to use these chips. He says eventually they're going to have to. They're going to collapse, and they're gonna, the only person, the only country they can go to is America, and we're not going to bail them out. Yeah, and he said so. The only he goes think of this as a Germany in the in 1946. The United States is going to put so many uh, restrictions on them, and basically say, yeah, we'll save your ass, but here's here's how we're going to do it. And he says China will never accept it. So no, too 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 prideful. Yeah, and he says so. What are they going to do? And he goes, they're going to basically say, we're Chinese, we're Han. They're going to sink into nationalism. Yep. And he goes, well, half a million people starve. They're just going to keep, but we're Chinese kind of thing. And I uh, I have a friend who's Russian. And he said, I remember telling him a long time ago, he goes, so many people in Russia just live in like squalor. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because they're like, we're Russian. Yeah. You know, the West can't tell us what to Being do. Being drunk all the time doesn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah. Um, he got into Putin and uh, what his chances are of getting out of this at all. Um, you know, what are the chances are of having any nuclear exchange? And he breaks all that down. It's just amazing the level of detail he goes into. But the part that got me later was he just did a video how EVs, electric vehicles, are one, not going to save us. And two, they're going to make everything worse. And he has done, in all the stuff I've watched, a great job of staying very neutral. Like, you don't know where his politics are. Sometimes you're like, oh, he's a little left. Oh, he's a little right. He says this and he goes, yeah, I put that video out like last week. And he goes, you wouldn't believe the amount of shit I took for that thing. He goes, I got people, you know. And so. uh, Oh, yeah, the environmentalist. Rogan basically kind of asks him kind of a roundabout way, where are you? He goes, oh, I'm I'm a greenie. And Rogan goes, what, what does that mean? He goes, I'm a diehard, you know, wind, solar, all that. He goes, uh, um, he said, uh, climate change is real. It's mostly caused by people. And Joe goes, mostly? And he goes, yeah, just follow the science of that. But then he turns around and says, but the climate is always changing. He goes, that doesn't mean the world's going to end. And he proceeds to go along and say, if the globe warms up, he says places up in the in the north, like he doesn't say, but like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, places like that around here, he goes, they're going to see a longer growing season. He goes, they might wind up having two growing seasons. He goes, that's pretty good for them. He goes, you know, and he says, now, 
Do you want to be a farmer in the Southwest? Probably not because it's probably going to get hotter and more deserty. And and he says, we'll be fine. He said, but if you decide to start making everybody use uh, battery-powered cars, he goes, we can't do it. He goes, we can't. He said – and I love that he does things like this. He says, to do that, we need to double the amount of copper, nickel, lithium. He starts naming all these things that we need. And he goes, there's no point in our in our entire existence that we've been able to double anything, anything in like a 10-year period. And not to mention our grid. Yeah, he gets into that too. So – you know, a lot of people on the right will hear him go, yeah, he thinks AV- EVs are a problem. And then they hear him go, oh, he's a diehard greenie and climate change is real. And they go, boo. No, you have to listen to the whole thing. And here's the thing. He will load you up with so much information you can use against the dumbasses on the left. And so I told a friend of mine that and I was like, wait, did he do that for people on the right too? You know, like, so the left can use it against you. And then I was listening through this and going, he can't. It didn't. And the reason other than saying climate change is real and people cause it. Um, and, he, you know, he gives the science for that, too. But the reason I think, thinking about this afterwards, that there's no ammunition for people on the left against the right is because basically he's saying everything the left believes, like China's powerful and you know, blah, blah, all this stuff and uh, it's all bullshit. It's all just made up. There's no science behind it at all, you know? So when you say to a diehard greenie, um, show me the predictions that have come true. And they go, well, we can't. No. Because there aren't any that have come true. Speaking of EVs, did you know Minnesota Governor Tim Walls wants to, uh, didn't he unveil the first uh, EV fire truck? Yeah. Were you listening to... Um, the morning john justice this morning yeah and some guy a firefighter called in yeah a firefighter from northern minnesota he goes this is ridiculous it's so stupid he goes we're on our even our least um uh, smallest house fire smallest house fire we're there for at least two hours that eats through that battery because you have to use the bat you have to use the power to pump the water you eat through that and guess what we have for that a we backup diesel a diesel engine. backup. Yeah. We'll be running that diesel backup almost all the time. Yeah, and people were calling and going, "How are we? Gonna, are we going to put um, uh, plugins by the fire hydrants now?" So the yeah, hydroelectric power with the fire hydrants <laughs> to make sure that the fire trucks can work. So stupid. Yeah. You know what? I think show. I think electric cars make great sense if you live in a warmer climate that's not by the ocean. By the way, because you don't get Corrosion, salt water on your yeah. car. Um, well, not even corrosion, just salt water on them starts them on fire. Now, that will do that to uh, – I saw a video of uh, a Russian car tanker. So it was moving cars and, uh, you know, one of these big ocean-going things. And the cars on the top level, they didn't cover. So the salt water hit the – and these are regular cars, not not EVs. Mm-hmm. The salt water hits the battery. They reacted. They all burned. So the next day, they're just a bunch of burned-out hulks. Oh, because the salt water conducts Salt water on so the much. battery. <clears throat> But it's worse on an electric car battery. Fire but burns imagine, longer and hotter. But I can't imagine just even the corros- corrosive aspect of it is going to f- fuck it up just as bad. And you can't repair them. You have to replace them when they go bad. Yeah. That's an, that's an element of the car that the whole – it was like the Tesla, the guy that got the Tesla that had the faulty battery. And I think it was just out of warranty or something. And he goes, I got to replace the – I can't repair it. I replace the battery. And it costs as much as the car. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're super spendy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, girl, that's. And but they don't really want us. They keep talking about transitioning us to EV. They they don't want that. They want to put us on mass transit. They want us under the thumb so they can control who gets the vaccine, who doesn't. If you have to get to your job and you can't, you don't have an EV, and they don't let you have gas, and what? you got to take the bus or you got to take the fucking tram, they're gonna say, well, you, yeah, you can get on that tram, but you got to prove that you were vaccinated. Um, Peter Zion gets into social credit scores too. Oh fuck this shit. He does That's the worst. He gets into all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, he gets into cryptocurrency. He he talks about so many things. You just have to and watch it. And people that think social credit scores isn't going to be a big deal are they'll just opt out. You, you, you're going to have to live a hermit life. Nope. He he explains how that won't work. If, if, the, if they get it the way they want it. Yeah, but he explains. He goes, we don't have the math for that. He said China tried to do it. Right. And he goes, though, you know, they keep reporting, oh, the Chinese are doing this. He's like, it's not working. He goes, they just – they can't keep track of it. They just can't do it. Now, they can certainly make your life more difficult with things like the vaccination and all that. Yeah. And Joe said, well, what about when California comes out and says, 2030, we're all going to be, um, you know, no combustion engines or um, – he goes, yeah, it doesn't matter. He called them ICEs, internal combustion engines. Mm-hmm. He goes – Peter uh, Zian said, doesn't matter because they'll get to that date. They'll realize they can't do it and they'll just back it up. He goes, they do it all the time. They do it with everything. He said, so these are grand political statements they get made, they make to get elected. And he says, they can try and move that direction somewhat because, but they can't actually make it happen. And uh, I don't know. I think it just by government, but government, not just government, but you've got the, the collusion with the techs and the and the businesses that just go along with it and and i mean they still can make your life extremely hard oh they can make make, they can make you unable to purchase things they can make you you know like i said try to force you to have a vaccine well they can do some things like that but the idea that we'll get a social credit score he's like and he explains it very well so i'm not doing him justice by trying to argue i'll I'll look into it yeah you should but i've seen the black mirror episode I that mean, predicated all this. I don't even know it. A few years ago, Black Mirror was like the new Twilight Zone. Okay. Um, but there was an episode where it basically covered this. Uh, the woman from Jurassic Park, the redhead from the new Jurassic oh, Park um, movies is in it. She's a British. I didn't know she was British, but she, I think she was an American accent in the movie. Um, she's but, not British. No, sure? she's, yeah. It's not the woman from Mad Men. Is that who you're thinking of? Nope. Okay. So, well, I mean, she was on Black Mirror and she had a British accent, accent which a lot of them Julianne Moore. No, that's not her. Julianne Moore. No, it wasn't Julianne Moore. Oh. It's a different woman. But um, I know who you're, who you're thinking of there. Uh, anyways, so she she is – everybody's connected online and they're, they're posting, um, you know, their food. And then they're getting likes on the food. And then when they interact with each other, like in the elevator and they have like a, a – a, they speak to each other. Um, right after they get done, they'll they'll go, oh, that was a pleasant conversation, five stars, or no, she got three stars, and that kind of stuff. And they go, and it affects you as how you can travel. So she's going to a wedding and out of state, and she's running late, and she gets to the airport, and they kind of fuck her over, like airports do, and she has a little, a little bit of a meltdown. She gets a little bit freaked out, and everybody sees it. And next thing you know, her, everybody's like, one star, one star, one star, this woman, and she, it just destroys her. And then she can't even get on the plane anymore because of that. And she's trying to get across country. <laughs> it, it's it's a nightmare. It's a, it's it's pretty it's a pretty good episode. Well, I don't think 
that and trying to use this in the context of his conversation with Joe Rogan, I don't think he would deny that could happen because those are companies deciding to do that or small entities. Could The idea that the government could do a big brother keeping track of all this stuff, they can't. Yeah. I And so let me give you an example of what I think they can do. So these this Idaho killer thing, mm-hmm. right? I have some friends in law enforcement who – It's the guy who – Quickly, it's the guy that killed four people, four Alleged, college students. Allegedly. Uh, by stabbing him to death. Yeah. So, yeah. and the details are still coming out. So, I have a couple of friends in law enforcement who aren't involved in the case, but are associated with people who are. So, um, get, some, get some insights. They're not, they're not friends of cops. They're, they're involved. Let me just say they're involved in law enforcement. So... One of them was explaining to me they had this guy in the first 48 hours. They had him based on the epithelial cells that were on the knife sheath, specifically on the snap, that they said, okay, and they shipped it out um, to not 23andMe, not uh, – what's the one with the leaf? Uh, Ancestry. Yeah, not – but something like those, smaller companies. So, by the way, when these companies tell you they don't keep your uh, – they don't keep your DNA. They're not lying. They just give it to a central database. So keep that in mind. Um, anyway, so they his dad apparently had done one of these things. So they take this unknown DNA sample and they start matching it. And pretty soon they're like, um, who of these people would have uh, bought a white Elantra? And then they start narrowing people down. And then they went by phone records. Yeah, geolocations. They went by phone records and had this guy... Um, stalking them weeks six, in advance. Six, seven, seven times he did a dry run of this whole thing. Yeah. So are they collecting data on what you do? Absolutely. But only in the sense that they can go back and find stuff like this. They're not tracking things in real time because they can't. Yeah. They just can't do all that. Well, when the singularity occurs, the our AI overlords will be able to do that. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Anyway, so um, so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was a great conversation that they're having. I was really I was really enthralled by it. But uh, I I like Joe Rogan's podcasts, and I listen to a lot of them, but usually not all the way through. Yeah. And this one was like, man, every minute I was learning it's like something. Jocko has a good podcast, but I can't listen to it. God, it's four hours long. They're just too much, and just seeing that is like. Well, you know, I used to listen to um, uh, what's the comic artist um, Ethan Van Skyver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had YouTube videos. They were they were funny. They they had a good point. You know, they were anti SJW shit, and they were like you know anywhere from eight minutes to fifteen minutes long. And then he realized he could make a lot of money by doing these live streams and getting super chats. And then he transitioned to just doing those, and they're like three four hours long. And I'm like, ah, all right. I'm well, done. I always wondered why – one of the things that frustrates me about Tim Pool's stuff is he'll he'll have a video up and you're like, it's just him talking about a subject. He'll talk about that subject for a few minutes, but he kind of just rambles. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that they're all like 21 minutes long. And Jeremy from The Quartering was saying, you know, there's a point. If you can get a certain a length, a point, yeah. if you can get a certain length, they can get a couple of ads in there. And then, yeah. He's, so basically – I'm making an accusation and, you know, nothing nefarious about it. 
Tim Pool is just stalling on some of these videos to get them long enough to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I like about Sticks' videos. There's never any ads leading into them. He just he's like, that's not how I make my money. Yeah. You know, he's just like, I make it because I produce good content and people watch it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he doesn't worry about he's he's never twenty minutes long. No. I mean, occasionally he'll have a seven or eight one, one but he's usually about twelve to fifteen minutes. Yep. He can keep his damn cats out of the shot. I'm sorry. And I'm not happy he brought his stern, his teacup back. Yeah. Clanking. Ugh. Well, like he puts these uh, energy uh, energy drinks in the back of his video now that have numbers on them. And he puts three of them in a row, 666. So if you're uh, if you're at all uh, God-fearing, you're like, this man's a Satanist, no matter what he says. You know, he says he's a former Satanist. Yeah, he admits he started out like that. Yeah, he's and a he, former occultist. And, well, he still writes occult literature or about research yeah, about, about it, like sort but of he said he's not a Satanist. He was, or he considered himself one at one point, but he's like, no, it's bullshit. And then he was like, yeah, it's sort of stupid. Yeah. So. I don't know what he is now, but, you know. Hey, you know what? He's one of those, I, I think he's come out and said it, and I, I've i come to a point where I hate vegans, cross trainers, and the fucking atheists, but they're almost nothing as much as I hate libertarians. Oh, yeah. Libertarians are pretty bad now. Because libertarian doesn't mean what libertarians think it means. It means I vote Republican and I don't want to admit it in front of people. Either that or I want to smoke pot. It, it, that's all it is. I hate these. Like Kat Timpf, I like some of the points she makes on Gutfeld's show. Yeah. But hers, she's like, oh, I'm a libertarian. No, you're not. You've voted for a Republican pretty much every time. I guarantee What's your ideal you. government? Uh, anarchy. Yeah. Mm, really? Okay. Yeah. Right. And, You're going to be the warlord then? And libertarian is a political philosophy like capitalism is a political philosophy. It's not. It's an economic philosophy. Just leave it alone. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I really want to bring this up. There's no segue to this, but this is again from Wake Up Right. It's a newsletter that you get sent through your email every day. It's pretty good. Uh, Pfizer donated $1 million to the Kentucky Republican Party in 2021 in what is being called the highest donation to a political party in state history. The donation will be used to expand the Frankfurt Mitch McConnell building in the state capitol. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. I, just, it just shows you, you can't trust any of these fuckers. I used to have a lot of respect for Mitch McConnell, at least in the way that he handled the Senate, that he understood the rules and stuff. And then I realized... Nancy Pelosi is the same way in the House. It's not a skill you should respect someone for. No, it's a, it's it's just snakery, if that's a term. It's just it's just you're just using the system for your own your own benefit, which is to stay in the system and make money in the system and to secure you know um, a modicum of uh, immortality by having your name put on a fucking building. Well, here's what I wanna. And this is not just on the left. It happens on the right, too. But take Tim Walls, for example. Tim Walls, before he was a uh, before he was a um, House uh, a member of Congress, House representative, whatever. He was a state representative, I think. But before that, nothing. You know, I don't even know that he was a state representative, but he represented his district in Congress. So I think House members make something like, 130,000 bucks. I know senators make like 180. So Tim Walls has never had like a regular job other than being a middle school gym teacher. Um, And sorry, apologies to middle school gym teachers, but it's not a tough job. Um, And he becomes a, uh, a representative, member of Congress, 
He's there for, I think it was like four terms, decides to run for governor, wins, all that. Do you know what Tim Walls' uh, net worth is like? It's yeah. in the multi-millions. And I'm not talking like three or four. Well north of ten. And this is a question I want people to ask themselves. How is it that someone who's so busy doing the people's work, running your, uh, you know, your district for Congress or running your state and making 150,000 bucks, how does, or 150,000 bucks, how does that person accumulate multi-millions in wealth in a short period of time? Well, how does how does the state of Minnesota accumulate multi billion dollars in wealth in a short period of time uh, with tax? What what is it? Tax money that's uh, uh, above and beyond what what the uh, what's the rainy day fund for Minnesota supposed to be? I don't know. It's like it's like uh, we have a seventeen billion dollars surplus. It's it's eighteen or higher now at this point. They're they're estimating, and they think it might come in as high as twenty one. And he's still promising to. Give walls bucks they want to call it where where he gives us some some pittance you know some some six hundred bucks back or yeah, something like and, that and uh, and it's just it's just it's insulting and they're not really pushing for it as hard as they were before the elections of course and but they're still kind of talking about it because you know it was a promise and you know but it's like I don't give a shit about a, a six hundred dollars that actually is going to go back to people who didn't pay in anyway probably part part of it and I want a proportional tax return. People that paid in the most get get that money back. People, you know, proportionally, you can do it. Um, it's just, it's just, I don't know. How does that happen? How well, does that happen? Where I think it's like, our money, it's fucking theft. When they go taxation is theft. That's what this. That's what we mean right here. This is. We're not talking about just regular taxation. When it's this kind of taxation, it's theft. It's by the fucking. It's by the threat of violence. That they're that they're keeping this money from us, and then Tim Walls can become a multimillionaire with no fucking um, no skills. business background. Yeah, nothing no that would say, hey, you know, he's got a really sharp mind when it comes to investing. No, he's got he's got political. Uh, there's toadyism. There's political back in, in, insider trading, basically going on with these fuckers. Well, I don't know how it is. All I know is. That's not right. By the way, I think like $12 billion of our surplus is uh, COVID money from the federal government. They just gave it to the states. Um, so they uh, they said um, that uh, they gave that. I was thinking of something else here too. But uh, so they said they've got this extra money. They're going to spend it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm asking people to do is ask yourself the question. I don't know how Tim Walls uh, got all of that money. I don't know how he built that that uh, net worth, but I'm saying the math that would lead to that doesn't allow for it. I think if you were a very skilled trader or investor and you had 10 to 12 years where you were going to make $150,000 and your job was investing that money, I bet you could get several million dollars without much trouble. Could you get 15, 20, 30? I don't know. But somehow Tim Walls has. And he's been a state rep or a house representative and a governor, which leads me to believe he doesn't have a whole lot of spare time for investing and stuff like that. So I want people to ask themselves that question. How does, how does Joe Biden, who's been a senator for 50 years, 
How does he have a net worth in the multi 30, 40, 50 million dollars? And Pelosi and her husband have these uh it, these great stock uh uh, buys and sells they just know they just seem to know intuitively when to sell and when to buy you know nothing to do with you know insider bullshit with the government no it has nothing to do with that yeah bullshit. and, and it, i'm not just picking on lefties here it happens on the oh, right yeah, yeah. too mcconnell's probably one of them yeah um when we talk about the states and we talk about money it always comes around to education because we keep thinking we can throw money at a sinking ship and it'll save it um did you hear what randy weingarten had to admit to no you know who she is National president or president of the National oh, Teachers Union. Yeah, yeah, I know she. Yep. yep. So I know she, she admitted. <laughs> she came out and she goes, you know, it looks like uh, looks like that, um, you know, distance learning just didn't really work, <laughs> you know, and we we need to rethink this and blah blah blah. And somebody goes after her on Twitter and says, but you pushed for distance learning, and she said, no, I didn't. Stop lying. And Matt Walsh was talking about this. He says, does she not know? That we have video of her. There's like a record of her doing this. And then they were playing the clips of her saying it. And she just shut up. She didn't have anything to say. It's like, you know you lied. Yeah. They proved to you right there you lied. How the fuck can you stay in that job? Yeah. yeah. You know, if your job – well, Greg Gutfeld brought this up. He goes, look, stop pretending that the head of the teacher's union is supposed to care about kids. He goes, it's the teacher's union. Yeah. That's who she's watching out for. Well, so we- they – we're looking out for teachers so they can better help children. So they start auditing sort of where some of this money went, this COVID money they got to help kids and everything. Uh, and um, Jesse Waters is saying like half of it went to teachers' salaries. Yeah. Actually, I think it's more than half, but. And I'm sure administration got a big chunk. I was like, hey, you didn't use it for the stuff you're supposed to use it for or the yeah. stuff you said you wanted it for, which we didn't need anyway. And these people just flat out lie and they get caught and they don't say anything about it. You know, I, it's so frustrating. Um, but on the, uh, on, here's something I want you to think about on the, uh, you can't make this up sort of thing. Have you seen what they, uh, want to have a conversation about? Maybe we should look at banning now. No. Gas stoves. Oh, okay. (laughs) Do you know why? Uh, carbon. First of all, bad for the environment. Right. Yeah. Okay. But secondly. Racist. And maybe more importantly, they're absolutely racist. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think you were going to go there. <laughs> because they're bad for you. All right. Very bad for you. Okay, gas. And, uh, you know, because they're so cheap, uh, they're in more low-income housing. So, therefore, more parents are subjecting more minority parents. You're saying, you know, if they're low income, right away you're admitting that you're racist, saying low income is mostly minorities. Um, and then, uh, which it's not, low income is mostly white people. And I know most wealthy people prefer gas. Do you know why? It works way better. It's way more expensive. <laughs> it is way more expensive to have gas. L- look it up. It works better. Yeah. And it's less expensive to use, more expensive to buy, less expensive to use. Yeah. And, you know, they just – they want to make a story. You ever use those conductive uh, pans and conductive stoves, stoves? No. Where it doesn't get hot to the touch, but if you put a conductive pan on it, it's it's it, that's what heats. That's a high-end kind of thing. I've seen the, the super quick heating ones, the electric yeah, ones. That like to, Yeah, you have to use – I can't remember what it is, what kind of 
copper or something, but you have to use copper pan. I, I might be wrong by what element, but yeah, they're made so that you, if you touch it with your hand or put anything on it that's not that metal, it doesn't get hot. But as soon as you touch it with that metal, it's 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 to heat. It's kind of cool. Well, those are going away because, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't have copper because we're going to need it for all those EVs. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, I mean, the ridiculousness of this stuff, I, I keep saying they double down on everything. You know, they just – the more ridiculous you think they're going to be, they that you go, well, it'll have to stop now. And it doesn't. And this is yet another thing. You can't get rid of gas stoves. Well, but, but then they do things like the guidance. It, it makes a huge impact because talk about the food pyramid. That it made a huge effect on people's diet. And, you know, the, that's why one of the reasons we have such a big obesity issue in America, and that's not the only reason, but the food pyramid was completely out of whack, and that was government pushed and, you know, um, private industry pushed the food pyramid. So whatever they push makes a huge impact on people. So I saw 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago. Their big story now is that they're trying to get obesity classified as a disease. The American Academy of Pediatrics called for an aggressive medical treatment of childhood obesity, including surgery, medication, in their latest guidance. So the medication is um, – there's a there's a thing now. There's It's on TV all the time. There's a um, medication for type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. It helps people lose weight. Okay. The – this – that drug is what they want to give obese people, and it works. It, it, they lose a ton of weight, but the dosage is much higher. And I'll bet you there's some side effects. Uh, they haven't found any yet. But it's something like um, $1,300 a week or something like that, some crazy number. And they said, look, people in Hollywood take it, like Hugh Jackman will take it before he uh, – does the Wolverine thing. Now, don't get me wrong. He works out like a madman to get in shape for that. But he's not young. No, he's in his 50s. So you're not that shredded at 50 without some chemical help. So now they want to get it classified as a disease so that you can take this drug and put it on your health insurance because health insurance considers it a vanity drug Mm -hmm. because it is. Yeah. Unless, Unless you've got type 2 diabetes and you're taking this smaller dose. So anyway, in the story, they've got these people that are just like, I just can't lose weight. You know, I mean, it's my genetics and everything. And it's funny. Look back at pictures from 100 years ago. How many big fat people did you see in those pictures? Not a lot. Because there wasn't an abundance of fast food and fucking sugar. Yeah. I mean, there's sugar in everything. Yeah. Yep. And it's if the you sugar that gets you. And, and if you try to cut sugar out of your diet, you're not, you're not doing it. Unless you, unless you look at everything you eat, every sauce, ketchup, every every bread, everything. It's not just the sugar itself. It's things like carbs that turn that basically become sugar in your system. You, if you try to cut sugar out of your diet, I mean, holy shit, it's, it's almost hard. impossible. It's I mean, hard. It's not impossible. Almost. Well, but I mean, there's some sugars like you know sugars in fruit, like natural sugars. Those but, are fine. Well, and a lot of people say if you're drinking fruit juices, it's not it's it's too much sugar, right? Because it's got processed yeah. sugar in it. So, so yeah. Anyway, but um, so here's what's going to happen. Eventually, within the next ten years, probably not even that, they're going to get it. So it's like obesity is a mental issue, right? It's a disease. So you were born with it. There's nothing you can do about it. So now you you got to have this drug, and the uh, um, insurance companies have to provide it for you. And the uh, company that was making it and saying we only have so much is now going to have to sell it at a discount. So what's going to happen to your health insurance? 
your health insurance is going to fucking balloon because some people can't put the donuts down. And I don't care about these people who say, you don't understand. I've tried to lose weight. Yeah, I get it. But there is a point where you weigh four, five, six hundred pounds that it is simply a matter of you sit too much and you eat too much. It's a matter of what you're willing to accept and it's a matter of discipline. If you don't want to put forth the effort to stay healthy and somewhat in shape, then that's on you. Okay, well, let me take in a more extreme example that someone will now say is anti-Semitic. But um, when you see picture they in this in this uh, sixty minutes report, they were saying, "Look, it doesn't matter. You can cut your calories. You can take your calories way down. These people just aren't losing weight." And I say bullshit because if you look at the concentration camp pictures when we liberated those, are there any fat people in those? These people are subsisting on very small amounts of calories, and they look like walking skeletons. Why is that? Because there's a certain amount of calories that you need, and they weren't getting them. But above and beyond that, you need a certain amount to keep a lot of weight on. And there are people who are sort of super absorbers. Yep. They, you know, they eat more and they get fatter, but you still have to eat more. You know, you have to eat a lot. And be sedentary. Yeah. I mean, if you're moving around and you're a little over and you're a little chubby, but you're physically able to get around and do stuff, but you're not ballooning up. I mean, I get it. It's like, uh, I'm trying to lose this weight and I move and I, but man, I like to eat. And I'm like, yeah, I do too. <laughs> and we're not talking about like just moving around. This is, you need like. Pick things up, put things down. You need an hour. Pick them up and put them down. <laughs> you need like an hour of walking. At a not a super brisk or a pace, half an hour of intensive workout, but an hour of walking five times a week. Actually, not even half an hour. If you do an intense workout, fifteen minutes, like three four times a week. If it's an intensive workout, there's a guy on uh, YouTube, Ryan. Uh, I'm not talking about getting ripped either. I'm just yeah. talking about staying fit. Ryan Humiston is his name. He's funny. He talks about fitness, and he admits he takes it to the extreme because he's a former bodybuilder. He trains bodybuilders and all that stuff. But he uh, he and is in very good shape. But he said the one thing he does at the end of his workouts that take a ton of weight off for him is he goes, you do whatever it is, whether it's running or the stair climber, he does a stair climber. You do it as fast as you can, like a pace that you can maintain for three to five minutes. And he goes, not just one that you're like afterwards, like he goes, you're kicking the balls, laying on the floor, panting, trying not to die. He goes, try that. And he goes, and you will see weight just melt off. Who's going to do that? Some Some crazy ass. Yeah, well, if you said, if you told someone like, hey, you know, do your regular workout and then just the end of your workout, try and do three minutes of the hardest pace you can do. I can trick myself into doing three minutes, even if it sucks. Even on leg day? Okay, leg day is not fair. I'll throw up. Leg day is its whole, it's its (laughs) whole own day. Yeah. I'll never forget when I was working out with a trainer and I came in one day and he goes, we're just doing two exercises today. And I was like, fuck, it's leg day, isn't it? I knew it was leg day. He goes, yeah, but just two exercises. I'm like, it's squats and and uh, um, I keep wanting to say dips. Not squats or lunges? squats. No, not lunges. Good um, mornings? Deadlifts. Okay. I don't know what good mornings are. Yeah, it's it's uh, lower back and, and quads <laughs> or hams, I mean, hams. Is that the one where you just like take the bar down you to your toes? Bend and stand at the up? waist and stand yeah. up. No, this was deadlifts um, and squats at like 80%. And he goes, just 
just six sets. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm trying to go, that's like a set every 10 minutes. Mm. I can do that. No, God, I almost threw up that day. Yeah. It was just because it's so heavy. You're yeah, the only time so I get hard. close to throwing up was, was intense leg days. And uh, it doesn't feel good. It takes a long time to get over it, too. Like, you sit there and you're just like, your legs are shaking. You feel nauseous. You're like, is this ever going to end? Do you ever watch the people that, like, the videos of people who did, like, uh, personal records on squats or deadlifts, especially deadlifts, because you got to lean over so mm-hmm. far and you, and you come up. I've like, yeah, and then they pass out. Have you ever had that happen to you where you pass out? Uh, no. I thankfully, when I was really working my legs hard, I was with the trainer because I did that. I did a personal record on on uh, deadlifts. I think I got to three fifty, and I did it, and I got it up, and I dropped it, and I was like, yeah. And he goes, sit down, and I'm like, what? So, and my all of a sudden, all the vision. You know, you get that tunnel vision mm-hmm. thing. It got to about the size of a quarter. I think I could see one of his eyes. And I was sitting on the floor. I was so glad. I was like, I couldn't hear. So would you say 350? I think it was. Lightweight. Yeah, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I hadn't uh, uh, counted the the weight in a long time. I could deadlift a lot more than I could squat, I think. I no. I never really. knew what my max bench was either. But I stopped doing that. Don't arm wrestle people either. It's bad for you. Yeah. Fucks up your elbows. A lot of twisting. Shouldn't be doing that. Well, it, 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 uh, I've got like uh, what golfer's elbow and I don't golf <laughs> because of arm wrestling. That's excessive masturbation. I mean, I didn't want to say that, but you know, it's the same movement. <laughs> Change up your grip. Curling. <laughs> so on that note, we're uh, over time here. All right. Well, uh, best way to get in touch with us is on Facebook. So if you look us up, Bread and Circus Pot, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I uh, try and post on there almost every day, sometimes multiple times. Sometimes very useful stuff for going after your lefty friends and arguments. Uh, And as well, if anybody's interested in being on the show or would like to be a guest, let us know. Or if you know of any good guests we could get in touch with, that would be awesome too because we like having those. See you, bye.